0: Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the
1: best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an s.com Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I hope everybody had a great weekend. Honestly, I don't even... I feel like I blink and then it's the week. You know? And I, I have this problem where I'm the biggest procrastinator on planet Earth. And I've I feel like there is like a study that has been done about people who procrastinate because it's almost like they get a high off of completing something that they rushed, but they got it done. Does that make sense? So I'm going to Mexico for a wedding in March. One of my best friends, Ivan, and uh, his fiance, Scott, are getting married in uh, like Cancun, kind of. It's like the island off of Cancun. Anyways. And um, the whole, like, guy getting, like, a plane ticket and everything, I'm like, I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And <laughs> finally, I'm like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. Like, I have to just fucking bite the bullet and just do it because I want to go to this wedding. I can't wait. This year also, it's so funny. It feels like none of – no one in my life has gotten married. Like, none of my friends have gotten married. You know, nothing like that. And then all of a sudden, this year, three of my really, really good friends are getting married and I'm in two of their weddings. I just feel like it happened like all at once. And I guess that's how it happens. You know, everybody always says that. Like, But I feel like there was like this weird phase when you're in your early 20s and like those people are getting married when they're like 24 and 25. And then like there's like that spike. And then it kind of goes down and trickles down. And now it's like the spike again because like I'm about to be 30 in October. So it's like it's kind of going back up. So I have this wedding coming up in March in Mexico. I have my friend Jamie's wedding. And then I have my friend Elisa's wedding. I'm so excited about all of them, obviously. But it's just like kind of crazy, you know, because it makes you really think like, holy shit, I'm totally, <laughs> totally single. Because of course, then they're like asking, and they're like, you're going to be in the wedding, but do you want a plus one? And then it's like, no, I don't. But what if I do start dating someone? Like, do I bring them? Do I not? It's like very confusing. So there's that. And then that leads me to this story that's been going around for the last like week. It's kind of taken over TikTok, kind of taken over the internet, Twitter, everywhere. West Elm Caleb. Now, let me give you some backstory on West Elm Caleb. So last week, a girl posted on TikTok about this guy named Caleb and how he basically like, they went out on a date and then he ghosted her. And then like multiple girls were commenting on this video and were like, wait a minute, (laughs) because they all live in New York City. So Caleb lives in New York, all these girls, everything. So these girls start commenting and they're like, wait, does the Caleb that you went out with, Did he work at West Elm and like the furniture place? And um, the girl that originally made the video, that wasn't the Caleb that she was talking about, but all the girls in the comments started putting the pieces together. Like, oh, we we're dating the same person. And they all had very similar experiences with him. So he got named West Elm, West Elm, Caleb. So the girls start making TikToks. I mean, these TikToks went viral, obviously, because when you have like a group of women talking about this shared experience with the same guy and you all have very, like I said, similar situations, it's going to go viral, especially when you have a catchy name like West Elm Caleb. When you start like giving people nicknames like that, like that's when you know shit's going to be good. So... They were saying basically that this guy would like take them out on dates and then ghost them and basically love bomb them. So we've talked about love bombing on the podcast before, but I'll give you like a little bit of a refresher. Love bombing is when you like meet someone and they're immediately obsessed with you. Like they start talking about future plans. They're constantly living up your asshole like... So obsessed with you, basically in love with you. They like meet you, and they're like, "I'm gonna get off dating apps." It's like, bro, like we had coffee one time. Like, you don't have to get off a dating app, but like, I think these girls were in like their earlier twenties, so like, obviously, (sighs) I'm gonna make myself sound like such a whore. But like, I've been on dating apps for quite some time, like, and I also. I am very weirded out by men that come on very strongly. So I've been love bombed before and it's really weird. It's like a really, really weird experience. But for the most part, like if a guy shows like deep, deep interest in me to the point like where he's talking about like, oh, in the summer, we're going to do this. And like, bitch, it's January. Like, I don't even know if I like you yet. Like I, I did. I don't know. Maybe I didn't used to be that way. I don't know. But I just want to talk about West Elm Caleb and this idea of this guy who's love bombing these girls. And I have so many feelings about this situation because on one hand, I'm like, this guy is a fucking fuck boy. (laughs) Like... He clearly is a fuckboy. He's taking these girls out, never talking to them again. I guess like one time he messaged a girl saying, marry me. The other time he messaged someone said, we should decorate your apartment together. Like, that's what I mean. Like, he's giving them this idea that he's like way more invested in them than he really is. And like, they're falling for it. And I'm not saying that it's like all their fault. I'm just saying like, if a man that I didn't know in real life texted me marry me i would be like what is he fucking saying right now like red flag red fucking flag you are taking a tour of the red flag flag red flag factory as trixie mattel would say like i can't imagine if my one of my friends was dating this guy and he said to her we should decorate your apartment together lol marry me i'd be like get run away from him. He sounds crazy. Like, this man sounds crazy. And then I also have... You know, there are situations like where a guy is just genuinely interested in you, but like it, you can feel when it's genuine and when it's not. And, like, a guy that you have never even met in real life telling you that shit. Like, you got to get out of there. So, this is going viral. Everyone is talking about it. People find out who Caleb is because, obviously, Caleb is his real name. He's, like, 6'4". He works for West Elm. Like, I, he's... I mean, he kind of sounds like every man that lives in New York City. If, as someone who lives in the Midwest, that's why I picture he lives in, like, Brooklyn. But I could be wrong. He probably doesn't live in Brooklyn. I don't know. But I just picture a man named Caleb, 6'4", living in Brooklyn. That's just, like, how I picture him. So, like I was saying, he sounds like a fuckboy. But I will say that I don't think that the punishment of what he has done like fits the crime i don't i don't think that this guy had the worst intentions he did come out and he well he hasn't said anything publicly like he denied basically comment on anything because he was getting like basically harassed on social media by like thousands of people commenting on his Instagram, basically like accusing him of things that these women weren't even accusing them of, accusing him of, like just saying really horrible things. And they're kind of piling on. And like, this is kind of like my issue with internet culture. And as someone who like partakes in so much social media, I get how this shit can happen and you don't even realize it. Like, I get how these girls probably just like posted a video on a whim and like thought, oh, like maybe m- only my friends would see it. And then it goes viral. And then you're like, holy shit. And now this guy is being put on blast for what I know this is going to be unpopular. And I'm really sorry, but it sounds to me like he's just dating. It sounds to me like this man is single and he is a fuck boy. And I don't think that he deserved a, a pile on on the internet. I just don't. I, I I just don't. And like one of the girls, you know, she was like, yes, we went out and then we went. And then the next day we went and got coffee together. And then he just never talked to me again. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like dating. Like that sounds like you're just not into that person. And I wrote about this and it was a very unpopular opinion, but I have a thing about ghosting where I think if you go out with someone one or two times, and you're just not feeling it, I don't think you owe that person an explanation as to why you just don't like them. Because that's really what it is. Truthfully, I've been ghosted. I've been ghosted. And it's not a great feeling. I've been ghosted by people I've been in relationships with for months, guys. Months. I tell you this guy for months and he goes me, okay? No, they always come crawling back. But... That's a whole other story. And it sucks. And that is like obviously the exception. Like, I don't think you should ghost people that you've been sleeping with. I don't think you should ghost people that you're in relationships with. I don't think you should ghost people, you know, after they've met your parents. Like, those things, obviously, it's not okay. But I think if you go out for coffee and then like the next week you go out for dinner and you're just like, yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling it. I don't want to receive a text message from you telling me all the reasons basically why, aka, you just don't like me. And that's okay. I don't need to hear that you need to go to therapy. I don't need to hear that you're not over your ex-girlfriend. I don't need to hear that, you know, I I mean, what are the other excuses? I mean, uh, because and we've all been both of these people. So I don't know. I'm really just working this out as I'm speaking. Clearly, but it's like it's this frustrating idea that like everybody has like these everyone just assumes everyone has like the worst intentions. Like I don't think most people when they go out on dates like have the intention of like, I'm going to fuck this person over and I'm never going to talk to this bitch again. And I'm going to do this. I don't think that that's the truth. That might be what happened with West Elm Caleb. I don't fucking know his problem, really. I guess he did text one of the girls and apologized and said that he was basically just looking for validation on dating apps, which is like, hello, we're in a fucking year three of this goddamn pandemic. Like, aren't we all looking for validation somewhere? As I mean, you shouldn't be using other people for your... I mean, but you are. I don't know, guys. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. I basically what I'm saying is I don't agree with the internet pile on because someone was a fuckboy and ghosted some girls. I just don't. Now, do I think it's really it says something about, you know, the our culture and that like we're able to like have these discussions. I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's important that like, you know, there is you have to take some sort of responsibility. For how you make others feel. But like at the same time. It's like girl. You knew him for three days. And he told you to marry me. That's kind of on you. That might be a controversial take. Might be a little bit of misogynistic take. I might be setting back. I might be setting women back a 100 years. I don't fucking know. This is just my opinion. This is my fucking podcast. I'm really just. And I'm also single and dating. It's not like I'm married. And I'm coming from like a fucking high horse. I'm. Trying to figure this shit out too, and like, I went out with a guy. Oh god, I'll share this story. I'll share this story. It's a doozy. So I'm out with this guy. This a nice guy. We meet up, we go, and we grab a drink. I have Ruby with me because Ruby's always like a really good like, like if you can't find something to talk about, you can talk about Ruby. <laughs> you know, so it's always nice. And he seemed a little dry in our texts, but I'm like maybe he's just like not a good texter or something. So we meet up immediately. I'm like, no, no, no. I could just tell. I was like, I, he's probably a really nice guy, but like, I didn't feel any sort of like attraction to him. Like, and I'm a very touchy person, like with everybody. I love to touch people's arms. I love, like, it doesn't matter if I'm dating them or not. Like, my friends, like, I'm constantly hugging them and touching them. And like, you know, that's just how I c- communicate. Like, body language is like something that's very, important to me. Like I pick up on it very quickly. Like if I'm on a date with someone and a guy like isn't really turning towards me and his arms are crossed, I'm like, oh, he hates me. (laughs) Like this man hates me and is closed off. Anyways. So we go out, we have a drink. It's nice. Like, and my problem is, and this is something I've learned that I've had many discussions over the past couple of weeks with several friends about is I have this problem where I think men think that I'm way more into them than I am, actually, because I'm so talkative. Like, I don't shut the fuck up ever, okay? So if I'm out on a date with someone and they're really not, like, mirroring my energy, it doesn't fucking matter. I sit on this goddamn podcast twice a week and talk I'm staring at my vision board right now. I'm staring at a fucking wall and I can make it happen. I'm an only child. I was built for this, okay? So if I'm sitting across the table from a man with the personality of a piece of like, you know, an English muffin, I I can have a good time because I'm not going to not have a good time because I, I, I took the... I'm going to say time again. I took the time out of my day to come here. So I'm going to have a good time whether it's on you or not, basically. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. So I'm talking, talking, talking. He thinks I'm funny, but he's not very chatty. And then when men who aren't very talkative say, know that they're not talkative, they just say that they're good listeners. Okay. Something I've learned about myself is sometimes I don't want a good listener. I mean, I do. It depends. But overall, I want a man who's who can talk. That's something that's very important to me. That is something that I wrote down on my manifestation cards. I want someone who's talkative, who can hold a conversation, who doesn't just sit there and nod his head and go, oh yeah, I know, or whatever bullshit, right? I want someone that's engaged, who has opinions and thoughts and a point of view and like can laugh. Like Like some guys just aren't built like that and that's okay. But they're just not for me. So this guy was not that. But I also have the problem where I'm a little too nice, like where I have a hard time being honest with my feelings because I don't really want to hurt their feelings, if that makes sense, like in person, because then he was like, oh, like, where do you want to go after? And I was like, oh, well, did you drive here? And he's like, no, I took an Uber. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I mean, I was like, we can go back to my apartment, I guess, because it was like, I don't even know what day it was. It's like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, okay. He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'm like, okay, great. So we go back to my apartment. I don't want to touch this man. I, when I was even on a date with him, I didn't even like touch his arm or anything. Like I just wanted nothing to do with him. He's a nice guy, but I felt no like attraction. Guys, he sat on my couch and I sat on the floor and I fell asleep and he watched Success of College Girls. He did not leave. Now, if I was on a first date with someone, and the man chose to lay on the floor and fall asleep rather than sit on the couch with me. I would get the fuck out of there. I would wake them up and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna go." That did not happen. This man did not leave. So when I woke up, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," because I also was just like very exhausted. I'm a very tired person. I don't know if you guys know that. I get very sleepy. So, and also he was boring. So it was like, "I'm just gonna fall asleep while you're here, <laughs> while you're here," and he. He took me falling asleep as like a good sign. He was like, I think it's really great that you can fall asleep. That means you feel comfortable around me. I was like, hmm, okay. And then I was like, okay, well, it's getting really late. Like, do you want to get like an Uber? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay. So I, he pulls up the Lyft app, the Uber app, whatever the fuck. I'm like watching it. There's not a goddamn car inside. Not a car, not a car. He had that app open for several minutes. I was watching and I was like, are there no cars out? And he was like, no, it doesn't look like it. I was like, okay. And it was like late at this point. And I was like, oh God, you can stay here if you want. He stayed at my apartment. And I get that, like, I obviously had the flaws in this situation. I should have just been like, can't your friend come get you? He should never have come to my apartment. Like, obviously, all of these things. But I just felt so uncomfortable because his lack of uncomfortableness. Does that make sense? Anyways. I just, you know, basically, to round it back to Wes, oh, yeah. Obviously, he left in the morning. I slept like a fucking board. I was like, I am not moving. I am not doing anything. Like... Yeah, he left in the morning. I literally was like, are you going to call a lift?" It was like 7 7 a.m. I was like, are you going to call an Uber? He was like, oh, yeah, I can. I was like, I think you should. Never talk to him again. He has texted me, but I, again, I went out with him one time. I don't think he needs an explanation of why I just don't like him. It's just, it's fine. We can both move on and like cut it, cut the cord. It's fine. Anyways, back to Wastelm Caleb, where this whole conversation really started. My apologies. Is... I think that on the internet, and this has happened to me, where I have posted something before, posted it, not thought about it, just been like, oh, throw this up. I, and then I take like a 20 minute nap and I wake up and the world is on fucking fire. And I'm like, what just happened? And like, something blows up, something goes viral, something, to, and you're just like, oh, fuck, I did not mean for that to happen. And then it did. And then now this guy's getting harassed. So it's like, we all kind of have to I think be more responsible in what we're doing, but I also think these girls are allowed to talk about whatever shared experiences that they have. Like I just feel so many different feelings. That's the Sagittarius in me. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really struggling, you guys. Clearly.
0: Here's to the great American settlers. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. No, not. Nah, nah. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG.
1: So one thing I really want to get off my chest. I want to talk about Kanye West. And Julia Fox. Guys, what the fuck is going on? I honestly can't take it. Like, I cannot take this fucking relationship. I don't know what it is. Actually, I do. I hate it. I think it's bullshit. I think it's so fucking fake. It's so transparent. And he's got this girl walking in the streets looking like a goddamn fool. There's something about Kim, when Kanye would dress her, that like everything was perfect. Like her makeup, her hair, she just like had it all. It was like it worked. This woman, Julia Fox, who was in Uncut Gems and I think other things, looks crazy. He has this woman. Her face is so shiny. I want to take a Neutrogena oil pad to her face. Black eyeshadow. Like the cheesiest, ill fitting, like denim outfits. And like they're doing these photo shoots together with Madonna and like Floyd Mayweather. And it's like, it's getting weird. And then do not forget, when they first went on their first date, she did like a whole interview about their first date, like an in depth, this is how we met, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, This is so fucking fake and lame. And he's only doing it because he's jealous that Kim is with Pete Davidson, which I think is an actual real relationship. Our friend of the pod, Lex Nico, that's her handle on Instagram. You guys should go follow her. She posted this picture that the paparazzi took of Kim and Pete. And like, it's just this like very subtle thing that he was doing with her hair. He was like twirling it or something. And it was like oddly, like, so intimate, but like so small. Meanwhile, Kanye and Julia Fox are taking very staged photos of her literally all over him and he's just like pouting. It's bizarre. I don't know what's going on. It makes me have the fucking cringe sweats. Like whenever I see her in like a cropped leather or denim jacket with like that those low-rise jeans i'm just like i don't know what's going on but i don't like it one bit i don't like it one bit because it just it's not real it's not real and i get like mad when i have to fucking see it oh god i just can't and then you know of course then she did the interview over the weekend where it was like she said you know people think that we're just together i'm doing this for clout for whatever she goes honey i've dated billionaires my entire adult life let's keep it real now, I don't know about you guys. i would never dated a billionaire, but I can't imagine that I would ever advertise that I did, if I really did. You know what I mean? Like, who have you dated? That's a billionaire. Who? You're also only 31. So you've been dating billionaires for the last 12 years? Seems odd. I don't know. I just don't... I just don't like it. And Connie is clearly spiraling. And what I have to say, why I actually think... Pete Davidson is good for Kim in this moment. I don't think that they're going to last forever. But I think he's good for her right now because he's a funny guy. He doesn't take life. I don't think that seriously. And I think that that's like really what she needs. But I guess, you know, Connie said in his new song something about like beating Pete Davidson's ass. And apparently Pete finds this funny. He's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, he's not going to beat my ass. Are you kidding? Get over it. He's crazy. So I don't know. I'm enjoying the Pete Kim stuff. I can't wait till like her first official Instagram picture with them. That will be a beautiful day for social media. (laughs) But yeah, I just I'm kind of at my wits end with the Kanye stuff. Like it's just every day there's a new photo of them. And it's just like so there's no I don't see the chemistry. I don't see the connection. I don't he doesn't seem very happy. I don't, I just don't, I don't like it. And like, I don't know what the fuck she's doing. Like she could, she could literally be with anybody. She's beautiful. Okay. I want to talk about Britney Spears and Jamie Lynn. Now I watched the Call Her Daddy interviews, part one and two that Jamie Lynn did last week with Alex Cooper. And, you know, of course, like going into it, I was like, fuck Jamie. Fuck Jamie Lynn for doing these interviews, for capitalizing off of her sisters. You know, she was basically held prisoner for 13 years. And now all of a sudden she's coming out and like writing this book that was originally allegedly supposed to be called I Must Confess, which as you guys know, is a Britney Spears song like lyric. But then it changed. But then in the Alex Cooper interview, she said that, That was never going to be the name of the book, but then someone spotted at Target that, you know how they have, like, the book title with, like, the price on the shelf? Well, it still said, I must confess, but that's not the title of her book. Um, So, it's like, what's the truth? To quote Oprah, what is the truth? So... You've been kind of seeing them go back and forth with one another on social media for quite some time. Like, Brittany's kind of putting her entire family on blast. She says, my entire family should be in prison for what they allowed to happen to me, for what they've done to me. She's basically come out against her sister, and then like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you're talking about me, and I just want... It basically, Brittany's like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, can you please stop capitalizing off of my personal hell. And I agree to that. I do. I definitely agree. I think, you know, I want Brittany to be okay. Sometimes I do think the Instagram captions, I worry because they feel, they feel like a little manic sometimes. But then again, like her Instagram has always been a really wild place. And it's tough to watch a family fall apart and or not even fall apart. They weren't really together for quite some time, but you know what I mean. So, I watched the interviews part 1 and 2. I can't believe I did that, to be honest. But I was I was like, what is this girl going to say? And in her first part, she really talks about like what it was like growing up in the Spears family and how she basically was always an afterthought. You know, like she was an oopsie child, like her parents didn't plan on having her. She kind of just came around. You know, she's ten years younger than Brittany and like 14 years younger than her older brother, who's also a loser. And uh, you know, she's like, I always wondered like why I didn't get a B name, like my brother and my sister, but you know, my parents, they just kind of like threw their names together and that's how I got and I'm like, this is what this is what you're complaining about? This you're complaining that you don't have a B name. Like your sister couldn't drive a car for 13 years. Your sister didn't have she wasn't allowed to have credit cards or in charge of her own money as what we know of, right? And I'm like, and you're bitching because you were an you were a quote unquote oopsie? Like, so is a lot of people. And they don't fucking write tell-all books about their fucking sister. And someone counted because Jamie has come out and been like, oh yeah, this book isn't about Britney Spears. And someone was like, well, you mentioned her 280 times in a book that's 235 pages. So it kind of feels that way. And it's like, on the one hand, I do think Jamie Lynn is allowed to say her truth and speak out to what she experienced because what I never fully realized is that she got pregnant at 16. Basically, it was like the same year that Britney had her like infamous, quote unquote, meltdown, like where she shaved her head and everything. So that was all kind of happening at the same time. And then Jamie Lynn said that she had to go, her parents basically like sent her away to go to live in a cabin while she was pregnant. And I'm like, and that's awful. That's really awful. And then she talks about How like she tried to get, you know, she wanted to get emancipated from her parents and be in charge of her own finances, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you felt that way at 16, and no offense, but like you were not Britney Spears, like you weren't at that level of fame, you didn't have that level of money, power, etc. How do you think your sister felt for 13 years not being able to have anything? She was working her fucking ass off doing Las Vegas residencies, perfume lines, world tours and like she couldn't be in charge of her own life and it's like you would think that like that would make her kind of feel a little bit more sympathy i don't know it just feels strange and then to know what your sister has gone through for so long and to talk about situations that happened in the book like manic episodes Brittany suppose allegedly had or stu- an instance like with a knife. It's just odd. And I wanted to be able to... S- I like to be able to see both sides of a situation and I want to f- see her side. And I do a little bit. Like I do think, like I said, she's allowed to tell her side of the story, but the timing to me is just so fucked up. It really is. To me... I'm like, really? You put this book out now? It, oh, it just feels so icky. I don't know. It just feels so fucking gross. And I I wanted to be able to like see more of her side and there were times, you know, obviously where I was sympathetic to like what she had to deal with cuz you know, her father Jamie is an alcoholic, Lynn kind of couldn't make up her mind about the divorce. Like that was hard, you know, and then ultimately a par- a huge part of me feels like this is a really, really dysfunctional family that wasn't prepared for the level of fame that Brittany was going to have basically. Like they were still living in Louisiana when her first single hit, they were still living like on this, like in their regular house. In Louis, like, you know, people were coming up to their windows. Like Lynn was inviting fans into the home and like making them dinner, according to Jamie Lynn. So I'm just like, I think that they were a little in over their head. And then I think fame got to obviously Jamie's head, um, the dad and greed and control. And he was very controlling of Jamie Lynn as well, like monitoring her and stuff like that. So I'm just like, if that happened to you, don't you think that like you would have, I don't know, maybe just not said anything right now. Maybe you waited a fucking minute. Maybe you waited till your sister got all of her money back and like, you know, repair that relationship and then come out and talk. Like, I just think it's fucked up to do this when you're not close with your sister. And she did come – Jamie Lynn did dispute the claims that she never tried to help her sister get out of her conservatorship. She talks about the trip that they went on to Hawaii together, like a family, and Brittany had really opened up to her. And Jamie was like, well, you know, why don't you try to do this? And like, why don't you try to do this? And I guess that she would like text her and like sometimes, you know, Brittany would block her, unblock her. Jamie's like, she had a phone. I don't know why people say that she doesn't have a phone. I'm like, well, Brittany said she didn't have a phone and said people would like text for her and monitor it. So I'm sure if you're texting her shit, like trying to get her out of a conservatorship, the people monitoring it that are part of the conservatorship are going to be like, fuck no, and block you. So... Oh, it's, it's really tough to watch this all play out because it's actually just really sad because this is a family and they are sisters. And, you know, Brittany, her lawyer sent Jamie a cease and desist to get her to basically stop talking because it's like, you're not doing your sister any good. And the, the, just the timing of it is so nasty. Oh, guys, what a, what a weekend. What a, what a life we're in. Um, oh, my new episode of shortcomings came out and it is me and Chris, obviously, and we're talking about Sex and City, duh, of course, but we have a special guest, Danny Pellegrino of the Everything Iconic podcast. So that episode just came out. It's, we talk about the revival. We talk about old, you know, the original series. We talk about how Danny loves Aiden. It's, that was a problematic moment for us. We had to sit with it. We had to let it go. We had to breathe. So go check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you guys around on Instagram. Make sure you check out thedip.com and use code H-O-T-M for 20% off. And I will see you guys on Instagram. Bye.
0: Here's to the great American settlers.